1: If his protection is gone and your enemies are near If you've seen the sea spill over And the mountains shake, break, and fall If the moon ever turns blood red And you can't see the sun at all Rise up, no matter if the prize is high in the skies
2: Peace and welcome to New Abolitionist Radio A program that seeks to educate, inform, and agitate On an issue of 21st century slavery about social activists and spoken word poet Max Parthis, with new abolitionist and actionist Johannan Elia and Black Talk Media Project founder Scotty Reed. On this program, we discuss recent news on legalized 21st century slavery and human trafficking, along with projects and people who help combat it. Today is November 16, 2016, on New Abolitionist Radio. Some of the stories we want to cover in this broadcast include. One of the five politicians who introduced the Justice Is Not For Sale Act, Congressman Keith Ellison wants to run the DNC. Let's talk about why and if we as abolitionists should support his efforts. President-elect Donald Trump says he'll double the U.S. prison population immediately. We'll tell you how. Newly renamed CCA turned core civic has offered jobs to vets in their booming flesh peddling industry. The LAPD says no to Trump's immigration roundup plans. Another West Virginia racist mayor shows their true feelings about black constituents. And Dr. Boyce Watkins goes in deep waters after reading an article in Time Magazine by Tavis Smiley, where a student asked the question, Mr. Smiley, do you believe that given the crisis state of our democracy, we black folk could ever find ourselves enslaved again? The executive director of the Equal Justice Initiative is coming to Columbia, South Carolina tomorrow night in an event called Grace, Justice and Mercy, an evening with Brian Stevenson. Max Parthas is crashing the party. Rudy Giuliani is looking for a position in the Trump cabinet. We'll explain why that is a worst case scenario and may even be outright illegal. This isn't the first generation of post-slavery advocates to use propaganda against the public. If time allows, we'll revisit history for some present day perspectives. The Dylan Roof, Philandro Castillo, and Samuel Dubose cases all have recent updates. We'll try to provide them for you tonight. Our writer of the 21st Century Underground Railroad is Vanessa Gathers, 58, the first woman to have been exonerated by the Brooklyn Conviction Review Unit. In February of 2016, the manslaughter conviction for which she had spent 10 years in prison was vacated. The judge said, that the investigations revealed, that her confession to the crime was false. Our abolitionist in profile this week will be provided by Scotty Reed. We'll cover all of that and more starting right now, so let's get into it. You can listen to the live stream on Black Talk Radio's YouTube page, link below. And if you'd like to share a comment, a question, call in and join us at 1-641-715-3660. Oh, um, that's the wrong
0: number, bro. That's the old number. I know you're used to giving it.
2: both of them anymore? All right, well, let me give you the new number, which is 704 951 Five oh three oh that's, that's wrong as, as well. 1, <laughs> uh
0: Max, let me just get that number out. Um Lord have mercy, man, these changes. All right. <laughs> give the number out, Scotty Reed.
2: What's up, brother? What's hey, up, hey what's going
0: on, Max? Um you will you you will find uh in the promo I posted that we have um uh, dumped that other conference line. Um, ain't no sense of me trying to keep two conferences going at the same time. We got this new number to solve the problem of people being charged on the free conference lines by some of these cell phone carriers. So the number is 866 510 9025. That's 866 510 9025. You don't need any other numbers, that will get you into the conference. You will be muted once you dial in if you have a question or comment at an appropriate time hit star star i will see you and i will call upon you um but watch your background noise if you unmute yourself please so that's the new conference line we've been using um starting this week and we are no longer using the other conference line there you have it i gotta make sure i add that
2: to my weekly uh promo yeah, so. Man, uh, I, you got a story, too, that I was reading a little bit earlier, and it's not uncommon. I heard this same story from several different people now. I think it's insanity, but some people think it makes sense, where they're talking about black people buying prisons and jails in order to cash in on this slavery industry.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't see Johannin. Have you talked to Johannin? Is he joining us tonight, or is he still working and joining us later?
2: I haven't spoken to him in preparation for the program. I wonder if he dialed in in the old, trying to
0: dial in. I wonder if he's trying to dial the old number. He
2: might
0: be. Yeah. I almost did. Yeah. So I will try to uh, hit him up and uh, make sure he gets the new number. I swear, didn't we use this conference room last week? Uh, yes, last week was the first time we uh used yeah, okay, so yeah he he should have this number, okay, so yeah, the story that you mentioned is not one of the ones you pick, but I, usually we come on with opening statements, and so I just wanna play this, man, I want people to hear this, okay, I was just so disgusted. this was heard earlier today on Black Talk Radio Network on one of our media partner programs broadcasting out of Richmond Virginia Tanya Free and Friends talk show and you had a part, she has a panel every week it may be different people um every week but you know they she has the regulars that come on and these are all people who are local to Richmond Virginia as they broadcast from uh in house in the studios and so we've been a proud partner with Tanya Free and Friends and Freedom Marketing for a while. And and I, in no way, uh, just like we open up the program that the views and opinions expressed by the guests, hosts and callers do not represent Black Talk Media Project, uh, they play a similar disclaimer that the views expressed on that program do, don't necessarily represent Tanya Free or Freedom Marketing. But this woman, man, she's been on there before. I looked her up, found more about her today because they was calling her doctor. Um, And her name is, let me pull that up, um, because she is a she's the chairperson of the board at Dream Academy, which appears to be some charter school uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And I... I'm just so disgusted by what I heard this woman uh, say today. So I'm going to just give you a little background. Her name is Joanne Henry. She began her educational career as a clerical secretary in Richmond public schools. She later transitioned to the corporate world, working numerous years for Ethel Corporation. While gaining experience in the corporate world, she began to pursue her bachelor degree in business education at At uh, Virginia State University. So this is a HBCU. After graduating with her business degree, she she began teaching at the high school level in 1992, rising to the positions of cooperative office education coordinator and department chair for Richmond Public Schools for the next 12 years. In 2002, she earned a Master's in Business Education and Administration Supervision. Shortly thereafter, she began working as an assistant principal on the high school level. While serving in this capacity, she observed a number of students were dropping out of high school and and began working with those students after school to help them attain their school diplomas all while working on her doctorate. In 2008, she received her doctoral degree from Nova South Eastern University in education leadership. During the past eight years, she has worked as an adjunct associate professor at Virginia State University and continues to work as part-time instructor at Virginia College and executive director of Dream Academy. So uh, in 2010, she created the Dream Academy Richmond for students who are failing and turned off by the traditional school setting using an approved curriculum from the uh, uh, Virginia Department of Education and is tailored for adults to attain a high school diploma rather than a GED. This has caused many adults to understand that they can realize their dreams by completing the requirements to get a high school diploma. So it goes on the list. The rest of the board of directors... A couple of uh, EDDs and EDUs and people with these letters behind their names and and whatnot. And what I heard this woman today say just disgusts me. It just really, really disgusts me. And that's why she is being put on blast right now. Because I did not want to disrespect Tanya Free's program and say what I really wanted to say. And also because I'm working on my codification but i have to highlight what this woman said as you heard she come from out of the hbcus work with children in the, in the school system how often has we talked about the relationship between the private prisons the prisons and the in the schools it's called the school to pipeline i mean school to prison pipeline for a reason and for me to hear what this woman said come out of her mouth today it isn't surprising because I've heard all manner of foolishness and evil come out of mouths of people who look just like me who claim to to live the African American existence but you will hear this woman talk about let's be like white people let's be like slavers so without further ado, Max, it is about an eight-minute clip. I have to play this. Is that okay with you? Uh
2: we'll make do, brother. We'll
0: make do. All right. This For is sure. this is a clip from Tanya Free and Friends talk show that airs on the Black Talk Radio Network at 2 p.m. uh every Wednesday um, afternoon on this network. Um you can find Tanya's website at Tanyafree.com um you will hear first the clip they're talking about donald trump you'll hear donald trump talk about what's coming down the pipeline where he envisions and then you'll hear some comments uh from this woman and then um i edited to jump ahead to my my call into this show i didn't want to call but i had to call because nobody else was gonna call and when we hear these people i'm sorry
2: just check
0: the audio real quick. Johanan is saying in the chat room that he can't hear the program. Johanan is saying he can't hear the program. That might be because you're not dialed in, Johanan.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. If he's in the chat room and he can't hear, that's cause he hasn't dialed in. So yeah, you got to dial in, bro. You gotta, yeah, use the conference info or dial in by phone or use the computer phone. So I'm glad Yohani is with us and he's listening because I know Yohani gonna have something to say as well as you, Max, but I mean, I was just so disgusted today, man, and I'm gonna go ahead without further delay, play this clip from Tanya Free and Friends. This again, the comments that I'm focusing on are by the director of the Dream Academy in Richmond, and her name is Dr. Joanne Henry, a black woman. Okay, so here is that
3: clip. In a very good manner, but depends on what the situation is. Sometimes you have to be rougher. When I look at when I look at the world, and you look at how various places are taking advantage of our country, and I say it, and I say it very proudly. It's going to be America first. It's not going to be what we're doing. We, we've we've lost. We're losing this country. We're losing this country. That's why I won the election. And by the way, won it easily. I mean, I won easily. Are you going to
4: sometimes have that same rhetoric that you had on the stump? Or are you going to rein
3: it in? Sometimes you need a certain rhetoric Mm. to get people motivated. I don't want to be just a little, nice, monotone character. And in many cases, I will be sure I can. (laughs) I can be easily. That's easier. Honestly, doing that is easier.
4: So let's go through very quickly some of the promises you made and tell us if you're going to do what you said or are okay. you going to change sure. it in any way. Um, are you really going to build a wall? Yes. They're talking about a fence in the Republican Congress. Sure.
3: Would you accept a fence? Uh, for certain areas, I would, but certain areas, the wall is more appropriate. I'm very good at this. It's this called construction. But so part a wall, part fence? Yeah, it could be, there could be some fencing. What about the pledge to deport millions and millions of undocumented immigrants? What we are going to do is get the... People that are criminal and have criminal records, gang members, drug dealers. (laughs) We have a lot of these people, probably two million. It could even be three million. We're getting them out of our country or we're going to incarcerate. But Mm. we're getting them out of our country. They're here illegally. Mm. After the border is secured and after everything gets normalized, we're going to make a determination on the people that you're talking about who are terrific people. They're terrific people. But we're going to make a determination we'll at that. But before we make that determination, Leslie, it's very important. We want to secure our border. How can they be terrific?
4: After listening to that, how what can do you all think? Ter- how can they be terrific people, but yet they're drug dealers right. and all these things they are, but yet he's still getting them out, but they're terrific. So wouldn't they be able to stay if they were terrific? Yeah, I thought the same thing. It's, it's a contradiction. I think, well, I
5: think, he doesn't
0: mean. He didn't mean that. He's,
5: a, he's in Washington. Where else are you gonna find more drug dealers and criminals besides Washington D.C.? All over. So he to deport everybody there. <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like that. I, he he meant. I mean, I can not agree with the the wall and something. Really, really. Really. Yeah.
1: Really, come on, brother. Use your brain.
5: No, because the thing is. If you're illegal, you should go through the proper, uh, you know, the proper procedure to come here. Mm-hmm. We can't go to another country in the world and do what they do. Sorry, you know. I mean, yes, get rid of the criminals and people like that. That's fine, but sorry, I mean, I can't do it. My forefathers didn't run go across the border when we were slaves and going through Jim Crow.
4: Well, we did on the railroad ground, remember, trying no, we to escape north, though. slavery, north,
5: though. North, we stayed in the country. And but do you think that, it, that?
4: Do you think that there are that many people? Tens of thousands of, of, of how he exaggerated need to be deported
5: No I mean if you have a criminal record and stuff
4: yeah you need to be deported okay mm-hmm. but I just I just can't but they may support, be I' just citizens. Can't, I can't support what you're saying no. it just doesn't make sense to me how he or how you agree with him that you know you need to deport millions and thousands of people. But but look, he it's said it's against the
5: law. It's a but, sovereign country.
4: But he's going to. But judge. you need to build a wall. You agree with him to build a no, wall? No, I agree with that. No. Well, but he said, said you know. have jails as well. So let's let us all black people. Let's get ready to put some money together and build us a jail so we can get some of these Mexicans. All black people. Let's get ready to put some money together and build us a jail so we can get some of these Mexicans. All black people. Let's get ready to put some money together and build us a jail so we can get some of these Mexicans
6: for the city. Join the conversation. Phone lines are open right now at area code 804 321 1010 in Central Virginia and 844 321 1010 coast
4: to coast. I'm going to switch the phones to our friend Scotty. Hey, Scotty, how are you?
0: I'm kind of disgusted right now, Tanya. I'm just going to be honest with you, but I, I'm doing the best I can under these conditions. Um, I'm just very disgusted. This is why why I'm disgusted, Tanya, if I may share with you. Sure. Um, I heard on your program a lady say that they about to lock up these Mexicans so black people get your money together and invest in these prisons and make some money. That's slavery. That's something I talk about a lot. As you know, Tanya, we do. I think Dr. Henry every... made that comment. Yes, and
4: respond? that's what white people will be doing. They already have prisons. So you're
0: going to be like prisons. white yeah, people yeah. and hey, just be just a slave, right? That's, that's what you're saying. Make do money. what white people do.
4: Well, not that. Just make money like everybody else.
0: Yeah, but you're going to make money like everybody money, else. Though, boo. I have
4: capital to make it. Right. Hey, Go ahead, Scotty.
0: I mean really and I bet you you'll be lamenting the fact and talking about some reparations for your ancestors who may or may not have been enslaved in this country. I don't know what your lineage is if you've done your DNA uh research or family tree and what have you but um I mean that's that's why I'm disgusted Tanya. I'm just, I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to stay codified. And as long, there are millions of people, the world's largest, and, and when I say world's largest, I'm talking about because nobody's practiced slavery more than the United States. I blame this on lack of education, mm-hmm. lack of people reading, lack, lack of people understanding what they read. Right. A lot of people watched that Steven Spielberg movie called the 13th Amendment and thought that slavery was abolished, and you've been taught that. But you never read or you can't comprehend what it means and then how it played out in the prison. This same person who said black people get your money together, let's go ahead and make some money off of modern day slavery and human trafficking on the backs of these Mexicans is not taking into uh, consideration that that's what they've been doing to black folks since the 1990, well, well, since actually 10 years after the passage of the 13th Amendment with the convict leasing system. Those black men you talking about, they used to have digging roads mm-hmm. and laying railroads and stuff like that. Um, those were, those were black men who had been put in prison because of the black code, what people call the Jim Crow's, just an extension of the slave coast. put into prison. Uh, slavery by another name, go watch that documentary or better yet, read the book because black people don't, re- don't read enough. Uh, mm-hmm. enough of us don't read enough I should say correctly but I mean I was just disgusted that anybody would try to justify slavery just make some money well that's all Thomas Jefferson George Washington all of those e- evil enslavers of your ancestors that's all they was trying to do make some money I'm disgusted and I'm trying to stay codified so I'm going to hang up now Thank that's you.
4: good get make some rest, rest. Thank you Scott. I appreciate your comments. Um, but wait a <laughs> minute. Do you, you, you want to respond? I'm not responding to him first of all because you read what you want to read and that's about blacks, but have you done anything to make this world better? I'm not understanding what you are saying. Hey, People make money, and that's what it's about. So money justifies slavery. it's not about slavery. Yes, it wasn't about you're slavery. What about is true. It, and is, it
5: is slavery. We're all slaves of money, anyway. Yes, yeah, so.
4: if you are going to business, this is an opportunity mm-hmm, out here. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. That's what they're already privatized jails already. Who's yeah. making the money?
5: Yeah, but
1: the Why privatization
4: issue
5: is the issue. And Why was, can't you? You can. Okay, but do you thank have any you. moral That's character? That's you. the question.
4: Well, it's okay. about making well, let's, money. Let's, let's really? Get, so let's, forget let's, about moral let's, character? Let's get back on topic. You don't mind, you you don't get mind get back back having it. I, this I, brother, I, I be do not. in a situation
5: where we are basically slaves as long as you can make some money off of it? Seriously, black woman? No. First of all, they
4: shouldn't be going to jail in the first place.
5: Well, hold on. Shouldn't and shouldn't be the issue here. Let's stop
4: okay well let's let's
0: do this let's get back on top we're talking yes. about uh president okay okay i'm just going to share these quick notes and then turn it over to max and your before those comments about uh c- come on black people get your money together and let's make some money off these mexicans uh she mentioned enslaved people when the guy was talking about um um our people couldn't go across the borders and what not have you and all that kind of stuff and, and she rightly mentioned that hey you know the underground railroad people were going to Canada but not only that people were escaping to Mexico as well which had abolished slavery uh uh before the United States passed that that uh 13th amendment which really did not abolish slavery so she talking about some slavery but then later on she talking about You know, uh, uh, come on, black people, let's get our money together and invest in slavery. And sounding like a white racist slaver. And I'm going to put her on blast just like I put other. Uh, 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 White people on blast For the evil that they do When we calling out George Zoli And all these other people The teachers unions That are invested in in slavery uh, um, Like on the cows They had a little thing That they were doing with t-shirts Talking about a black person Put on a t-shirt Say treat me like a white person Meaning that if I was white Would you mistreat me So treat me like a white person In this system of racism But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to treat her like a white person Person, a white racist, a white racist slaver. Because I don't see no color when it comes to issues of justice and slavery. So before I start cussing, let me turn it over to Max and Johann. Johann,
2: you, you want to chime in on
6: that? Well, first of all, peace to both of you, man, and peace to the to the <laughs> listeners, to the abolitionists that joined with us tonight. Um just uh sad man sickening uh uh, soundbite and and just i mean it just goes hand in hand though with how we arrived at this point of having donald trump as the president of united states of america and not only having trump as the president but having so much shock and awe and it taking a week for people to pick themselves up off the ground they just can't believe it like all of this goes hand in hand I, i mean it it her ignorance <clears throat> The people that co-signed what she was saying And tried to kind of justify it Or make sense out of it I heard one of the brothers in the background Saying something about uh, We're all slaves to money anyway I mean, even the hosts uh Desperate pleas to get back on topic That was the topic <laughs> From what I could hear They were talking about Donald Trump and the wall I mean, that is the topic White supremacist, imperialism, slavery, tyranny—all of these things, the brutality of non-white towards non-white people, maintaining white supremacy in this country. When he said in that soundbite, "We're losing this country," that is—I mean—that's barely even qualifies as dog whistle uh, when you when you say that, because you're saying to white people, "Hey, we're getting outnumbered. The na- the 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 natives is overtaking the fort." Like, I mean, this is not a white country in the first place. You genocided out all the native people, killed off all the black people, all the Africans you could bring over here, all of the people that you could bring. You destroyed and enslaved them, and that slavery lasts till this day. So that ignorance I hear that this educated woman says, it's as usual. There's no attempt to address what you actually said. It's just let's move on, shine on, uh, like, uh, what is it, uh Showtime at the Apollo, bring the hook, and do the dance, and Get on off the stage because we don't want to
2: hear that So Sad,
6: sad, sad
2: You know I said earlier I've heard people say things similar to this On a variety of occasions For different reasons But they all have like a common denominator They're really blind To what's going on around them And they basically Feel like the money is going to flow Why not get in on it and are willing to sell their own people out for those purposes. And I've heard some noble reasons for it, like so we could build a prison, manage our own people, give them great education skills and trades inside the prison while they serve their time and then bring them out and turn them into productive citizens. Yeah, that sounds good on paper, but you're still enslaving people for a profit. We don't want to advance these causes, we want to end them. This is uh, an ongoing case of bondage particularly against people of color in this country since eighteen sixty six. Immediately after the Emancipation Proclamation and the Thirteenth Amendment with this exception clause were passed by Congress, one of the first federal prisons was built right out there in South Carolina. One year afterwards, it's like they had already planned. Back then you couldn't build a prison in a year. They knew what they were doing in advance. It was a move on towards that. And now we're at the two and a half million people just in the prison. Not counting the jails, which are 13 million, not counting under supervision or control, which is anything from five to eight million, not counting juveniles or immigrants. So you want to get in on that cash cow. For what reasons? To enrich yourself? Because you're causing poverty with it. It causes poverty. It's not. The reason people are being enslaved is causing that to happen. So you're living in environments, people live in environments where they ain't got nothing. But you want to endorse selling human bodies on the open market in the form of prison stocks and jail bonds. Well, it is a confusing thing to see people, uh, Negro opinions, act like this. uh on um, more than one occasion you know we've had a black president now and we've had black attorney generals and we had black heads of the border prisons and we had black wardens and black commissioners and black cop black cop and we keep seeing so many of them who not only advance the causes of white racist supremacy and that delusional idea of manifest destiny but will sell their own children in order to make it happen now
0: if you would have noted if you noted there uh, the guy asked her if she had any moral character she heard capital and and when she said, well, I got the capital, so she got the capital to invest in slavery, okay? That's the same thing that Thomas Jefferson mentioned in how he described enslaved Africans as capital in one of his letters to other slavers about his formula showing how much his wealth increased, how much his capital Increase with the birth of every enslaved African on his plantation, and so here is this woman uh, uh, who it, it has no issue with it. She just justified every race, the practices of slavery, or every racist cracker in the history of the United States. What can she ever open up her mouth? To talk about some slavery, or going to the African American museum and and saying all oh, this happened to us, and blah 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 blah. When you so willing to enslave Mexicans, okay? And I if the
2: I'm, rest of her board members feel the same. Well, way Well, I don't does. know, but I'm going, educator, do I'm going to put together a video. Hmm?
0: I'm going to put i I'm put together a video of that audio you just heard with her picture and with the contact information. Uh, to the Dream Academy, and I'm gonna send it out to every uh, uh Hispanic, non-white, Latino, whatever label they going, I'm gonna send it to them. Cause this is disgusting. How you gonna sit up there and ask people, ask people to be sympathetic? to black people being shot down by these slave catchers in the street and then you gonna sit up there and say well they getting ready to throw a bunch of Mexicans in jail we might as well put our little pennies together and make some money she's no different than Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or Hillary Clinton who she supported Yeah,
6: this to me this last week, I mean, not that any of us, you know, were, were slack on what's going on, and the people that pra- pay attention to this program and participate in the groups that are out here, you know, doing what they can do. I don't believe there was many people like that that were really shocked. But this last week, man, has really been um, has been interesting to see um, how how people like even with okay, like white liberals. Cause now they're talking about Trump building his cabinet and his team and whatever. And the, the, the alt right is coming out, you know, a lot and white nationalism and these kinds of terms. So they're equating con- uh, conservatives and Republicans and the right. And all of this is all kind of stacking up towards, you know, white supremacy or white nationalism, or you know, what have you. So clearly on the other side, you got the left and the liberals and, you know, the, the melting pot of all these ideas and all these people and everything. But honestly, this woman's commentary, to me, is just as telling as the protesting that we've seen out of the, the Hillary's so-called liberal base. All these people that had their own personal issues and personal concerns that they felt were tossed out the window when Trump got voted in. And you see them going on riots and going on picket and 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 protesting and parading and marching and yelling and crying and just really can't believe what's happening. But when I look at it as an abolitionist, when I look at it as a member of the slave class, when I look at it as one of one of the people that realizes I'm in a domestic colony, I'm trapped behind these lines. Seeing them protest pisses me off just as much as hearing this black woman say this, but it's mm-hmm. the same thing. These people's personal interest is not s- our suffering, is not slavery, is not the mass issue that really is holding this country back from being legitimate, from being, ju- uh, being a place of justice and freedom for real. But as long as we're telling them something that doesn't really interest them, we don't see them protesting. When we're talking about black unity, when we're talking about black business, putting together black dollars, when we're talking about boycotting, when we're talking about getting together and doing something with an economic plan, people like this woman are not participating in that. And they are members of the consumer class. They are going out and taking every dollar that they bring out and putting it right back into white supremacy as opposed to letting it circulate within a black community. That's what people like her are already doing. So when she sees an opportunity to buy into the slave class even more deeply and get a return on her investment that's why her mind goes to that these people don't see what we're telling them or they're ignoring it they don't want to be a part of it until something either hits them ho- hits at home personally and hurts them or shows them an opportunity to get some money out of it so they can get better get a better seat at the white supremacy table but they are not allies either way
2: well, we're a couple of minutes over our break time. You want to take our break and then come back, and we'll give an, uh, one of the stories about how this is going to come into play and what she wants to make money on in specifics? Yes, sir. All right, listen to New Abolitionist Radio. Here with Scotty Reed and a and Max Partners. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Since 2008, providing new black media for the masses.
2: Peace and welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio. I feel we have coming from on that, Scotty. People take things very just too lightly because they don't understand the depths of the problems. And we could describe them in gruesome detail. That woman understand, Max. Max, Max, that
0: PhD, EDU, whatever she got behind her name, totally understand she just laid it out for you. They about to lock up all these Mexicans, black people, put your money together, and let's make some money does she understand exactly she ain't confused she understands it perfectly she sees an opportunity to ride the white supremacist slavery gravy train yep. that the Trump administration <laughs> is about to put to uh, ramp up
2: just like the black community some of them people uh, Hispanics are not going to make it to a cell mm. they won't live that long just like it them, all... and those deaths are going to be on people's heads like hers
6: they don't mind the blood being on their head. That's that's just part of the game for them. But I wonder, can can we tie this all together with like some of the other stories that we got for tonight, like with Boyce Watkins, with Tavis Smiley's article, but then also what we've been talking about the last few weeks with all of these uh, other PhDs and doctors and, and and master's degree holders and whatever these people that are out here, like we talked about almost the entire cast, if you will, of the movie uh, 13th, all of these experts and authors that know this information but don't talk about
2: slavery. But well, I just saw Boy, Boyce Watkins, Dr. Boyce Watkins, wake up. I hope he stays woke but I saw right. him wake up. You know what I mean? Wake and, up and when? You know, when did he wake up? Let's, let's tell him specifically what we were talking about in regards to what she's saying, make money on. There's a story out of the Huffington Post where they're talking about an interview that happened on Sunday uh, with Donald Trump and in an interview with CBS News that came on Sunday. He said, uh, what we are going to do is you get people that are criminal and have criminal records, gang members, drug dealers, where a lot of these people, probably 2 million, it could even be 3 million, we are getting them out of the country and we are going to incarcerate, Trump said in this interview. But we're getting them out of our country, they're here illegally. And saying that two or three million undocumented immigrants with criminal records live in the US, Trump was repeating a claim he'd made earlier in the campaign that the Washington Post fact checked and determined was inaccurate. So the Migration Policy Institute, a nonpartisan think tank, estimates that around eight hundred and twenty thousand undocumented immigrants have criminal records. A figure that includes, now remember The 13th, and how that showed that people get criminalized to be enslaved, that's the process. So it's a figure that includes many people whose only conviction is crossing the border illegally. Under prosecutorial discretion guidelines in place since 2011, undocumented migrants with minor crimes are in some cases able to avoid deportation. But a review by the Marsh Project, more than three hundred thousand recent deportations, showed that the majority of the deportees had no serious criminal record at all. More than forty percent had no criminal conviction, and another eighteen point seven percent only had an immigration-related conviction. Less than twenty percent had a criminal conviction that involved a potential involve, uh, involving violence. And after this initial round of deportations and efforts at border security, Trump said his administration would assess its policy on the remaining undocumented immigrants residing here. So he's basically uh, starting from a lie about what's going on and you can see that as much as 70 some odd or 80% of the people who are being incarcerated for minor reasons, sometimes just because they were here illegally and his intention is to take the 2.5 million that we have in prison now And not only double that, but potentially as much as a 150% increase in the number of people behind bars. No wonder the prison industry changed their names all of a sudden and are popping bottles of champagne celebrating his election. No wonder you can find that story on new abolitionist radio by the way so the key
0: thing I picked up from the information you just shared is that the clip that they played that they were commenting on the 60 Minutes Trump interview that's what she said well they're all criminals they shouldn't have did what they did to get in there to get in the prison same racist argument we heard from the alt-right conservatives whatever they call themselves same argument we've been hearing to justify the criminalization of black bodies so now uh right. what- what I heard from you was that the uh uh figures that Donald Trump was citing that these were all drug dealers, rapists, whatever were not true are not true but but again, true. again again, facts don't matter to some people, man, so facts don't matter but i'm I'm still just rip, very disgusted and angry that um a, a person who would claim to be a descendant of slavery today is talking about it's all about the Benjamins man
6: that's a damn shame, man I don't know with these people with uh <clears throat> i i don't it's it's just like you said the money that's the that's the thing, but our people have an opportunity to generate revenue working with one another. And I'm not even taking it as far as to say, oh, yeah, well, we know what happened, you know, Tulsa 1921 and several other black Wall Streets around the country. Durham, North Carolina, we know Rosewood, we know several places around the country where blacks, I mean, there's there's hundreds literally of race riots that occurred, you know, all through the Native time period on up through, you know, the slavery times on up through emancipation, so to speak. The 1800s, 1900s, it, it never stopped. So we know that there are some things that have happened to show us that whites will will react to us taking care of ourselves and being isolated and doing for ourselves, but we're not even to that point to even entertain that possible eventuality. We could just do with each other and take care of each other and produce and consume what we produce and go back and forth to give and take. This, this selling out for Fiat currency is I mean we're talking about people's lives We're talking about the enslavement Of millions of people literally And then every aspect Under that As far as incarceration As far as extrajudicial murder As far as hyper-policing And police terrorization Of entire communities Police being complicit in running guns And drugs Our own federal government The DEA, CIA itself being complicit in Card, working with cartels to bring drugs and guns into the country and sit them deliberately in those neighborhoods and then see the money roll in i mean these things are all a part of us choosing to not work with one another and build with one another and every negative thing that comes after we don't do that but our response is is get money and sell yourself out and just whatever it takes. Just get money, get money. I mean, it, it's going to hell in a handcart, man.
2: Man. Well, CivCorp, or what's the name of it again here? I've got another story that's kind of leading with all of this, and I'll just add it to it. Core Civic, which is the new name for CCA, Collection Corporation of America, has now become Core Civic. And the reason they've done that is because if you remember during about round three or four of our fight against slavery, we had them on the ropes where they almost uh, lost everything in a single day, if not being rescued by Wall Wall Street stopping trading in a single day. Well, now this is another round and they've come back with some haymakers and on Donald Trump's election, Their stocks increased by as much as 60%. It it settled at close to 40, and it's still rising up. And they know why it's rising up. They're popping champagne bottles right now. So this is a story that comes out of WKRN.com, and it's from Nashville, Tennessee, about CCA. It says CoreCivic, formerly known as Corrections Corporation of America, is joining the Army's Partnership for Youth service program. The company made the announcement at a ceremony on Wednesday. The program makes sure each soldier gets a job interview with one of the Army's partners after they leave the ranks. Core Civic has been here in Nashville for 30 plus years and we have a proud history of going back to the founding of the company working with the military for individuals that are looking for employment that really may may resonate with them for the work that they do. But also uh, sinks well with the Experience have had in the military, said CEO Damon Henninger. Well, what they're basically saying is we're about to have boom in this industry, people, and we want soldiers to take care of these slaves, people who are used to combat, who see others who are in opposition to them as the enemy collectively. Well, you know, you treat them like enemy class. And they're going to bring these soldiers and give them jobs In all of this new prison industry That's about to boom Throughout the United States Again that story can be found On new Abolitionist Radio Both on our community page As well as our Facebook page Yeah Sad state of affairs man This is uh,
6: one thing that's ongoing Throughout all of it And hopefully people can begin to identify, you know, these telltale signs. You're talking about the masses of the military that come out. So obviously these are the people that have volunteered to go in, you know, deep levels of indoctrination, especially in a time such as this. So, you know, we've been at war with terrorism <laughs> for, you know, all of this um, you know, the 2000, the new millennium. So, this is a, a group of people that have, have willingly said, you know, I I want to be indoctrinated with, you know, American military teachings and, and our foreign policy and what we're doing is is spreading democracy. So this is going hand in hand also with uh people that are being hired as police, where we've reported on this program before and the documentation is is widely, you know, available that says there's a certain IQ number that they you know that they're not looking for there's a there's a certain test score that doesn't get hired in law enforcement they want people that will follow orders they don't want people that are thinking they don't want people that are feeling they don't want people that are caring they want people that are following orders and that's it so this is this is another group right here you know the corrections officers so in the police state in the slave state here you have overseers Slave catchers that <clears throat> excuse me that they don't want to be people that think that right there should disqualify them just that basic i mean that that's a fact that's not my opinion that is a fact. This is two groups of people that are in power freedom to ultimately have the ability to choose who lives and dies outside of our so-called constitutional rights outside of our human rights. Outside of our civil rights God-given right to life These groups of people get to choose every day for a living And the numbers show overwhelmingly That less than 1% of all of them Ever serve any time Or do any see any kind of justice When they do decide to kill, torture, rape, starve Beat, intimidate, do whatever they want to do to any person that they come across while they're on the clock.
2: Hmm. One of the things that I've heard is that Rudy Giuliani is looking to be uh I'm kind of confused on what it is he wants to achieve. Is it Secretary of State?
0: Yeah, or Secretary the of State General
2: for the United States.
0: He being mentioned me?
2: for Secretary of State. The Secretary of State, Ruli Giuliani, uh, was deeply involved in the uh, events that criminalized many New Yorkers of color and put them behind bars. Uh, I've also heard him make some very racist statements. I remember him arguing one time with Michael Eric Dyson uh, about police in uh, black neighborhoods killing black men, women, and children and his retort was that if you weren't so damn criminal, we wouldn't have to send white cops into your neighborhoods to risk their lives to stop you from killing each other. That was yeah. that was his retort on there. It's, uh, yeah, so this dude right here just doesn't give a damn about people of color at all. He's a white racist supremacist, and he shows it and acts like it. As a matter of fact, he has involvement in a firm that have direct ties to private prisons. And here's a story, I'll get through it real quickly that comes out of the daily news. Uh, as Rudy Giuliani rails against Black Lives Matter, his law firm reached tens of thousands of dollars lobbying Congress for the biggest operator of private prisons in America. This is not a new story, by the way, guys. This came out in uh, July, and we reported it then. So this is a reminder of who you're dealing with. In January, The former law and order mayor left his longtime firm, Giuliani and Bracewell, and jumped to Greenberg, Trawick, a major lobbyist law firm with dozens of deep-pocket clients. One client is a subsidiary of the Corrections Corporation of America, the national-based for-profit firm that runs and manages 77 prisons housing nearly 90,000 inmates across the United States. Giuliani's law firm is currently fighting a law that would bar the government from hiring private contractors like CCA to run prisons. The company has been repeatedly criticized for putting profit ahead of rehabilitation by cutting costs and hiding information on how it operates. It took in $1.8 billion in revenue just last year. Disclosure forms show CCA has spent more than 11 million on lobbyists over the last decade to press Congress and the executive branch on a variety of pet issues. From 2013 through March, a subsidiary CCA of Tennessee LLC has paid greenberg Traurig $350,000 just to monitor issues pertaining to the construction and management of privately operated prisons and detention facilities. Giuliani joined the firm January 19th as a senior advisor to the executive chairman and as chairman of the firm's cybersecurity privacy and crisis management practice. In the first quarter of 2016, CCA paid his firm 20000 Records for the second quarter have yet to be filed. Now, this is the closing act right here. The firm is now involved in trying to kill a bill called the Justice is Not for Sale Act, says CCA spokesman Jonathan Burns. They admitted to it That this is what they're aiming to do The Justice Is Not For Sale Act That we fought so hard to get Which isn't a dream come true But it's better than nothing at this point It's the first legislation To affect the sale of human beings as cattle Since the 1800s And it was introduced One of the people who introduced it uh, Was the Congressman Ellison uh, Ellis Who is now running to be the head of the DNC Gentlemen, anything in on that?
6: Well, I did see where he is running uh, to to be the head of the DNC, but I hear him already talking about reform, reform, reform. So I don't know, man. I I've, this I, I feel like this last week or so, really, this whole last year, even when Bernie a couple years back, and and we discussed on this program, you know what probably his role ultimately was. I I just. I drive kind of by feel, as much as by what I see on the road. I also I I feel, you know, and the 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 momentum, and I can kind of tell if it's slippery and which way we're going. And I, I just feel like this thing has to bottom out before it gets better. So saying that to say, I don't believe in anyone that's claiming to be a part of this political situation. You know, I mean, I I just don't believe in in any of them that they're really anything good in them. I mean, we we got these classes of people the actual politicians and people that are in these elected offices. And then you got all the appointed people that work with to support that. Then you got under that the the teachers, and, you know, like we talk about these PhDs and these talking heads and these hosts and and activists and, and actors and. The the uh, protest industrial complex And you know so you got these different layers One two of Where the narrative Kind of goes And when I see a Giuliani out there I don't believe he's I don't believe I would see anything Different if Satan himself Came and sat down next to me and was like Here I am I don't think I would see anything Different and I'm not trying to be Hyperbolic and just you know get a laugh I mean seriously these people Are so evil and so without any humanity, and have not done anything in my short time on this planet that I've ever seen that made any common sense. I know how I was raised. And I know what these old people taught me. I know what my parents taught me. I know what my teachers showed me. I know what I've read in books. I know I understand common sense, things that make sense. And none of these people that I see populating TV screens, voices that are sound bites on talk shows, people that are creating policy and do I don't get any of that from any of them.
2: So well, this could be I illegal. just expect more of the same. This could be very illegal. If you remember Dick Cheney and Alberto Gonzalez also faced RICO charges in right. <clears throat> while they were in office in Texas. The reason they were right. facing RICO charges is because they were invested directly into these private prisons. $80 million of Dick Cheney's own, own money was invested in the Vanguard Group. And Alberto uh, Gonz- Gonzalez was working as the attorney general at the time. So it was a conflict of interest that could lead to them both going to prison. Uh, For those that don't know what happened with the trial, the last thing that I remember hearing about was how the judge disappeared. So it ended up being a mistrial. Literally, the judge disappeared. I guess that's Mm -hmm. how things roll in this country. In any case, that's illegal. You can't own stock or be working with a firm whose interests are prisons and at the same time writing our laws or enacting our laws or pushing our laws or representing our laws it's just a conflict of interest that won't work
0: but they do it all the time though but they do it all the time man they really do Um, I don't see anybody or, or let me put it this way I am not aware of any kind of regulations like people saying Donald Trump you need to show your taxes okay do we require that of senators do we require that of House right, members right. of representatives do we require full disclosure of their of their uh um tax hold- i mean excuse me stock holdings are we requiring that every last single one of them put their money in a blind trust? No, we don't so
6: yeah well, I don't be, say what I say definitely to to try to discourage people like you know it's all so doom and gloom, and I'm just so cynical and I just want to take you down this but rabbit But you have hole to, to give an to, accurate,
0: listen, Johanna, I don't need either because it, it's depressing. How often have we talked about feeling depression over the years that we've done this program? Right. And then right. with me doing a show just about every day, talking about these myriad of issues. We don't come on the airwaves to laugh and joke and and talk about celebrities and all that kind of stuff. We on here to talk about serious issues. And if you are on the battlefield, if you give somebody, if you got somebody that, oh, I don't want to upset the commander, so let me give a rosy picture of the battlefield and, and make it look like we, you know, making all these advantages, advances and what have you, but then it's a total lie. It, you, you know, because you don't want to make the commander uh, mad the battle commander, mad. So, you're gonna give him a false picture of the battlefield. Well, what good does that do anybody? So, mm. you, you are painting yeah. an accurate picture of the battlefield. We're not on here to make people sad or to make people happy. We're on here to report uh, information, news, and, and hopefully the truth. Well, I'm my hope is that be-
6: people. Go ahead. sorry. I'll, I'll just be quick. I was just going to say my hope is that people will hear the continued accuracy and how this is not anything that's able to be disputed ever. And eventually, like what we saw that shocked so many people last week on the election night, what my hope is and the only way I see that we're going to be able to move forward is when people are not shocked by that, when people go in expecting it like we all expected what we saw happen. When people begin to to just let go of that false narrative and accept the reality, then we can start doing some
2: work. Um, I'm just going to finish up this before we take this break by saying, uh, as far as the Giuliani connection is is uh, involved, some of our more legal involved people, lawyers uh, out there, who are listening. This potential recall charge is waiting to happen. So have your uh, have your abilities ready to be exercised. And as far as uh, CCA, now called Core Civic, which is fighting the Justice is Not for Sale Act, which literally bans slavery and the guys of private prisoners from the United States. If they're fighting it, then we want it to win. And uh, Keith Ellison the representative who is one of the five people who introduced it, I think should uh, get our support at this time because they're fighting back. And, we are you know, there's a big battle that's going on. People can witness it right here on New Abolitionist Radio over time. You know what I mean? Wins and losses happening. So they're striking back now. We need to keep at least some of these wins going. If he's the head of the DNC, then it's possible that we can get some traction on the justice is not the sale act and keep that there in the public eye as or, as or, or make
0: street. some, make some moves during the midterms in, in then 2020, you know what I'm saying? So, so um, what we're witnessing now, and I've said this before is a civil war in the Republican party and a civil war in the democratic party um the democratic party what we're seeing is quote-unquote progressives versus the corporate democrats the the hillary clintons that whole clinton uh, cabal that they had going on there which includes the obamas and what have you and then you got sanders and and people like keith ellison who represent the more progressive wing who have have made concessions to us on slavery and introduce abolitionist legislation. So absolutely Max you're correct they deserve our support in in what they're trying to do but what we are we to witnessing, make a demand. What
2: we are we witness- have to make a demand. What? I mean I want I would like to reach out to uh, Congressman Ellison and ask him uh if he'd be willing to accept our support here as abolitionists in exchange for his guarantee that he's going to push this every
0: day until it gets through and reintroduce it if it doesn't yeah so um yeah what we're seeing is is right now uh civil war in the democratic party they're trying to get howard dean in there as the new dnc chair i I believe and i think howard dean just represents what's wrong with the democratic party you got a bunch of codified white racists who trying to Act like they not racist while supporting policies that 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 put in place the the uh, uh, legislation that leads to racism, and I'll point y'all to the uh, bill that Democrats supported that uh, legalized discrimination in the auto loan industry. So again, you know these people out here that seem to think that Donald Trump represents some kind of unknown. Uncharted, evil Or something like that Y'all just don't know Hillary Clinton And them Democrats like
2: I do So that's all I got on that Alright well uh, When we come back from the other side We're going to do some a couple more stories And get into our abolitionist and profile As well as our uh, writer of the 21st Century Underground Railroad Just want to shoot this title out there To an article that just came out In regards to everything we've been talking about The immigration crisis that's going on the LAPD chief of police said they will not be helping Trump to deport immigrants. You're listening to the new abolitionist radio right here at BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Network.com. We'll be right back. <music>
0: You are tuned in to new abolitionist radio right here on the black talk radio network if you have a question or comment you would like to share with the host and listening audience give us a call at 866 510 9025 that is 866 510 9025 we also have a chat room which you can find it online at uber slash black talk radio network Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com.
2: Deason, welcome back to New Abolitionist Radio. Uh, as I said before, we went into our commercial break. The chief police out in L.A. said, we are not doing nothing like you said we need to be doing. As a matter of fact, the quote that comes out of the uh, L.A. Times says, I don't intend on doing anything different, he said. We are not going to engage in law enforcement activities solely based on somebody's immigration status. We are not going to work in conjunction with in conjunction with homeland security on deportation efforts. That is not our job, nor will I make it our job now i I'm feeling kind of conflicted about the whole statement of that I mean. Yeah, that's great that you're deciding to make this type of stand and you've been making this stand now for decades in regards to immigration, but at the same time, you're doing the same thing to people who are not illegal immigrants, who are not here illegally, who were born here, whose families were born here. You're arresting them for marijuana laws and you know uh, vagrancy laws and you're arresting them for debtors laws. You're just doing this all day long and never took a stand about that. I mean, oh man, I, it's conflicting
0: for me, Scotty. And Johannes, uh, I don't even know what to say in that yeah, case. Yeah, I also um, uh, failed to mention uh, those who are on the board. I got to remember to keep saying this. If you want to comment once you call in, 'cause because you can listen as well, hit star star. That'll unmute you. I'll see you come unmuted and we'll go to you. um, um Max, I mean. Pfft. I don't know what to say this kind of thing does kind of leave you speechless it either leaves you speechless or it makes you want to curse people
2: out the same thing with the flint situation you got you know you got people being poisoned in flint we were talking about jails where they were continuing to give them the poison water on purpose. We were not even thinking about it. If not for a movement of citizens, they would not even send water to them at all. And they finally started sending bottled water to the prisoners and the people in the jails who were innocent or proven guilty. And everybody just migrated up to Dakota for some reason. I don't, I don't understand people's priorities here. Is one not sacred and the other one is? What, what is going on? Yeah. I'm not going to get too
6: deeply into that, Any Anything anything to add? No, man. I mean, we we know what it is. I'm kind of like you. I don't want to just beat a dead horse with it. We know what it is. It's controlling the narrative, as always. It's all about controlling the narrative, like you said. Like we talked about on this program a couple of years ago, um, it was another voting season. Well, we discussed, you know, the control of the narrative We went all the way back to the uh, uh, abolitionist days of the 1800s And when things came to a head And the Emancipation Proclamation came about And then in the years after that As blacks uh, were first mentioned in the, in the U.S. Census And we began to see the criminalization of black people See, plantations were the first prisons So it was already about criminality but on a level above what most people are able to kind of grasp, but that was the whole point of bringing Africans in is making, making anybody slaves, is that these people are not worthy of being free, obviously. So the point being, we discussed how that continued to go up and art continued to go up towards freedom. Run by the abolitionists, controlled by the abolitionists The tireless work of all these abolitionists All these hundreds of stories we've told of all these different people You may never have heard their names before or won't hear it again after they've been on this program Thousands upon thousands of letters and communications, speeches, rallies On and on and on for decades, building up the abolitionist movement And then as uh, as we began to see, criminality was replacing S- slavery and imprisonment Was continuing slavery And debt peonage and, and black codes and on and on And people like Frederick Douglass Beginning to comment on this And his his classic Falling out with uh, William Lloyd Garrison As he's saying we I was never fighting For these people to be equal I just wanted to end slavery I mean these kind of situations Have already happened And what we saw at that time Was the narrative skillfully moved away From slavery into women's rights to vote and you saw the uh what's the uh, was it Alcott Louisa May Alcott is that who they just had the voting the the suffragettes or whatever this this whole thing i'm just saying like the the narrative is always skillfully moved away from slavery freedom justice into some other sub category And then it stays over there for another 20 or 30 years, and then it comes back to slavery, and then they take it away again, and it goes into some other subcategory. And So even now, we've seen the LGBT get brought into Black Lives Matter as a thing to kind of carry us away from the connection that we were making with extrajudicial murder, uh, Malcolm X Grassroots Movement, with the Operation Ghetto Storm. That was 2012. This is Obama's second term. We're putting the numbers together. We're coming out with more and more information. New abolitionist radio out here on the forefront of reporting on unexplainable black death, public execution extrajudiciously outside of any kind of rules of the Constitution, of laws that are on the books, people just being executed. As soon as we get people on that, then you see the rise of a funded group that gets the microphone and gets the national attention that's talking about being for trans rights. Being for gay rights Being for black transes that are getting abused and You're talking about a 0.11100% of all people That are enslaved and caught up in this And this becomes the narrative It's the same game Right now we're talking about the Dakota Access Pipeline Because we did have people talking about slavery We had an abolitionist We had an abolitionist list of credentials we had a way of judging these candidates based on how they refer to modern slavery and what is their position on it we only had bernie sanders even talking about private prisons the rest of them all failed we could months and then we continue to see what direction they chose to take it so i just say all this to say i just want people to 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 think to 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 think correctly and keep these connective all these stories connect and, yes, they do connect the way you see them. It's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. Don't force the piece. It'll just slide right into place. And just trust it. Just keep sliding them right into place, and you'll get the full picture of what we really are living in.
2: As Scotty has said on numerous occasions, sometimes it takes people you, for, you know, a certain period of time to really find out. And hes I think he said it's like been five years for him, about the 13th Amendment, for example. And we've seen examples of people waking up gradually and both immediately. I know I've seen it with my own eyes as a person out there speaking to groups on a regular basis about this. And uh, just recently we saw, oh, I saw it with Dr. Boyce Watkins, and um, that kind of shocked me because, you know, I've been reaching out to him, and I'm sure Scotty and you have both Forever to address this situation and give us his uh, his stand on it, because the stand that he had previously uh, was more along the lines of debt peonage, or you know uh, that you were reform. Slavery was, he he was know, in the,
0: he was in the same boat okay. as a Michelle Alexander and what we'll call the celebrity activist class or something like that. But um, uh, yeah, yes. he was more on that tip on reform. Remember when I had had posted a petition on the White House site where if you get 50,000, first it was 25,000 mm-hmm. signatures, and they would comment on it. And soon at about less than a week after we posted that, they upped it to 50,000. So I had mm-hmm. asked Dr. Watkins, I know he has a, a, a huge following and what have you, and I thought he was a conscious person and whatnot. So I asked him to share the petition. Calling out the 13th, talking about slavery, using the language that we, the correct language, the language we use on this program. This is slavery and human trafficking legalized by the 13th Amendment. And he said, oh, I think that's great. So he shared it on Facebook. Then the next thing I know, here he comes out with a celebrity endorsed letter with Will Smith, Lil Wayne, and and Nicki Minaj and all them people signing a letter that he put together to President Obama to do something not about slavery, do something about mass incarceration. So I was disappointed. But then when the prison strikes, which are what, in their eighth week? kicked off the national prison strikes against prison slavery kicked off um i was like just really angry not surprised not shocked but still angry perturbed whatever word you want to use it that some of these independent black outlets were not covering the prison strikes and i did a video i did a video going to his website going to his partner's website breaking brown and i was showing how these prison strikes had been ongoing and we expected the corporate media to black it out but but independent internet-based news media we expected them i expected more from uh dr Watkins, so i made a video of me taking screenshots of me visiting these websites, doing searches on the prison slavery strike, and coming up empty, looking at his YouTube channel. And so I was like, this: the frustration and, and uh, that I'm expressing right now, I expressed that in that video. And I hope he saw it.
2: Well, recently, Tavis Smiley did a speaking engagement at a university in Pennsylvania. One of the students asked him a very simple question Uh, He said, Mr. Smiley, do you believe that given the crisis state of our democracy We black folk could ever find ourselves enslaved again And Tavis Smiley didn't have a real answer for that He kind of skated around it, but then he wrote this article Which was published in Time Magazine uh, Saying why I I fear America And Dr. Boyce Watkins uh, heard his he replies to it and decided to break it down. And uh he broke down that the truth of the matter is that after seeing the thirteenth, which you know, we suggest everybody look at, it's the best of the lukewarm, which is what we got nowadays. Best of the lukewarm but nonetheless after watching that, he finally convinced was convinced that what he saw was modern day slavery on in the Oh, give
0: me a damn reason. break. Give me a damn break.
2: I'm I'm see I'm
0: so sick of this guy, man. I'm so sick of I'm, him.
2: I'm, what I saw, man. I'm so sick of him.
0: As long as we've been getting at him about this is modern slavery and human trafficking, sending him petitions one day he shared on the thirteenth amendment. So what it takes some it takes some well I'm it takes some well known system, corporate, celebrated. Documentary to put out the thirteenth, and now he talking about oh, I see modern and Man, that man ain't fooling nobody. He ain't fooling me.
2: But well, the way he's talking about it is in a way as if he had always been talking about it like that, and we know that's not the case at all. But that's how many do when they when he finally come to an awareness, they start talking like they've been saying it for years now, and that's just not the case at all. I've seen him compare himself to Harriet Tubman because of what he was doing in economic. Uh, uh empowerment for black community communities and wasn't talking about prison slavery like it is and it by is, the so way i never did
0: by the way one of the things i brought up in my video i asked the question it was an open letter to him and whoever but i asked i said i never really hear dr watkins talking about this he supposed to be the financial guru and all this and that and i said i wonder if he don't talk about it Because he invests in these private prisons like the good doctor we heard from earlier.
2: Well, I'm not going to put that weight on his shoulders without proof.
0: I asked uh, the question. I asked, (laughs) I'm just merely asked the question. I pondered. I didn't say he is, but I'd never hear him talking about it.
2: Right, right. But I'm glad, I don't care how they get to it, as long as they get to it, for me, is you know, just just get to talking about it, get to considering it. Dr. Boyce Watkins, uh anybody that's out there listening who's been talking about reform, get to considering it. This is a life or death situation, freedom or slavery situation. There's no room for in-between. You can't be undecided. It's a very simple question. Is this slavery? If it is slavery, then you better change your mind about how you deal with it. You can't go back to business as usual. It's a whole different creature now that you said in your mind and in your heart that what you see is slavery and not a mistake over time or mass incarceration. That changes things. So hopefully he remembers what he said in this video and I recorded it and put it together so people can hear it with their own words about eight in his own words by eight minutes long. Checking out our new abolitionist radio, he gets right to the point. Uh, at one point, though, he does start going into that corporate slavery, nine-to-five slavery comparison metaphor stuff. Real slavery has real I'm chains you, man. and real shackles. Anything else is a metaphor. I'm telling so he you, he just wishy-washy to wishy me. He say it pretty clear.
0: He just wishy-washy on the issue uh, a lot of issues to me man cause he has one foot in the corporate world and and what have you and they'll have him on CNN and all of that so look you just said that in this video he calls it modern day slavery and human trafficking and, and mm-hmm. he's acknowledging so let's see what he says moving forward because for me when I found out that slavery was never abolished in the 13th amendment legalized it the first thing all I could think about is how do I tell other people? And thus, New Abolitionist Radio was born.
2: Exactly, exactly. He called me up one day like Max, <laughs> I know you're doing this thing, and uh, could you, you, would you like to join me on a new program I'm starting? I remember well. Matter of fact, I went to the session live uh, the next day or the day after that, and told the audience there and then that we would be starting this new program. I have that on video actually, so that was the announcement of New Abolitionist Radio. And we've been here ever since, studying like scholars, like students who are trying to get a degree in what's really happening in the United States of America. And we came to a, a conclusion, an understanding that this is legalized slavery. You can keep it real simple.
6: Well, better than better than any scholars that we seem to uh, be able to run across. We catch a few here and there uh but yeah better than better than the average scholar by far uh and again, it's just to that point man with uh with everything we just talked about in this segment, these are people that are choosing to be called out in this way it's this is not some hit hit show, this is not some gotcha. We don't get a damn thing out of putting these clowns on Front Street. I don't get anything out of it. I try to communicate with these people in private. I have I've got still got an email from uh, uh, Tavis Smiley's people when he was doing a whole different program. He was doing his uh, his some of his staff responded. Somebody from his staff responded and gave me several names and email addresses and you know whatever to stay in contact. I worked that for several months. And that was the only communication I ever got. I left it alone. Uh, Dr. Boyce, been in contact with him over the years. A few times he has responded and we discussed things, and it didn't go any further than our discussion. I mean, the comparison to Solomon Northrup is not just to, you know, like, again, like, hyperbolize it, like, make something more out of it. That is literally what we're dealing with is a bunch of people that are like a Solomon Northrup-type mindset in the time when there's 2 million slaves in America or whatever the number you want to give in the 1850s on or whatever and there's several hundred thousand, I believe 500,000 or so free blacks running around all throughout 500,000,
0: you're right, half a million
6: so during those times people, you have to understand that the masses of those people chose to do what Boyce Watkins of today are doing, what PhDs all over America of all colors but it, we're especially talking about black folks are choosing to do every day that's what they did then and and when I was a child it was just something that I see prayer is answered because when I was a child in school in the years when they would teach us about slavery I sat in class and would have an open prayer coming from my heart like God how did this go on for so long how did they're talking about 1492 and the 1550 and the 1620 Jamestown and some about seventeen and 1800s. And how did this go on for so long? I really wanted to know. And it took 30 years to grow up and one day be a part of this program and be a part of the abolitionist movement and learn more information and realize it went on for so long because the black folks were compliant with it, the black folks were okay with it. The free blacks that was there was fine with it. They talk about Harriet Tubman said she could have freed more slaves if they had just known they were slaves. Hell, that was the people that were actually in the plantations. What do you think she would have to deal with convincing? See, she wasn't trying to be an abolitionist necessarily. The main of her main uh, effort she was making wasn't necessarily like what we're doing or what other educators and propagandists are doing, Frederick Douglass was doing at the time. She was going and pulling people away From the plantations I mean, I don't really know, y'all Is that what it's going to come to? Or are we going to have to go in and physically break down walls And go snatch these people out of prisons To, to, to get the shock value of what's really going on because these people see the same things we see they read the same stuff we read they look at the same links we look at they see the news they see the numbers they see all the information just like we see it all of them are talking about the 13th movie all of them see it and have watch parties and see the 13th amendment and see the exception in that in the wording all of them see it but not a damn one of them is coming on the side with us and fighting to end it
2: or free people, and that should be really be the, the first thing you want to do. Is free the innocent? Give them the freedom that they deserve, that they supp- they're supposed to have that you stole from them.
1: We're, not, we even about, you know, we're not
2: even talking about. You uh, know, we're even talking about conversation for the destruction of their families and their lives and their communities. No. Just free some people. Can we do
1: that
6: let me ask that question, yep. Max. Can can we do that now? Okay, we in the new age. We're in the Trump years. I, I just want to throw this out there. Can we spend the next four years or however long Trump lasts in the office or whatever may happen to this country? Can we take this wake-up call and take it to a new level and say, if you're not with us, we know you're against us. I don't I don't I don't believe that there's any more room to just let these people slide and just kind of well maybe they just well maybe I don't believe there's no maybe no more you got a damn Trump president so you had a Negro that you thought was okay and was going to be alright so it couldn't be as bad as we said it was well now <laughs> it was you see it's F- as bad F- as we yeah you see it's as bad as we said it was now you see the private prison stocks are going through the roof now you see what we said is true everything we said has come to pass can we go into a new day now where these people get called out For the traitors that they are, damn it I'm done, I'm tired of being like Passive to them Accepting of them Acting like well maybe it's not as bad as it is I don't need a PhD to tell you What slavery is, I don't need a PhD A TV show, a blog A money generating Whatever they getting (coughs) out of doing all this mess they do I'm ready to take it to the next level You ain't with us, you against
2: us Period I've learned to be very discerning lessons I've learned over the years one thing is I've learned for sure is you don't waste any energy trying to convert racists from being racists it's just not something that you should spend any time trying to do so when it comes to dealing with racism in particular I don't even waste my time because by definition they're insane and they're illogical and I can't have a logical sane conversation with somebody who is not sane so that's the first thing. The second thing is I understand the power of brainwashing and what's been going on, as you said, for how many hundreds of years that has infected the people of color's minds to the point where they believe everything Master has told them. If they say it, it must be true. And they end up wanting to get involved in selling people for profit just like they did, as we started off our program talking about. But I still leave the door open when I discern that someone that just doesn't know yet that they need a little push that extra mm, something it could be the 13th film it could be the film slavery by another name it could be simply reading the 13th amendment but sometimes they need a little push and i leave the door open for them but in most cases it is no room for in between
0: max uh, max. max we got a caller uh, area code 719 did you want to uh, ask a question or make a comment go ahead please
7: Hey, what's up, Sky? It's Ramon.
0: Greetings. Greetings.
7: What's up,
6: Ramon? Peace, bro? What's
7: up, Max and Johannes? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, I I, I had to... I'm listening all day, but... uh, Man, hey, look, you took the words right out of my mouth, bro. I I don't know how to thank you for doing that, but I appreciate you saying that because I have definitely hold that sentiment in my heart for too many years now, and... I believe All that it's the time. I believe it's time for us to stop playing around because a lot of times something we forget is that. Like, well, I'm gonna take a street stance on this, one when I say this, a lot of times when we think about it, man, it's us when, when somebody get caught up in the streets with the police. It's probably usually somebody in, in close association with you.
4: So it's it,
7: it, obviously they, you know, we help to send ourselves to prison and jail. A lot of times, you know, we just gonna have to own that and be real with ourselves. That's at first I hated the stop snitching movement. Then I, I had to appreciate later what it really meant outside of just you know maybe some, some knuckleheads trying to get away without you know being paying their con- you know dealing with consequence. But man, I, I like the way you put it. I like the way all y'all put it. I think y'all just put it right there where it's supposed to be, right in the pocket. Thank you keep it up, please.
2: Word, brother. Appreciate that, man. Definitely appreciate that. We, we we are always gonna call out what we see. Like, you know, over the years where I've seen these so many organizations who call themselves slavery, anti-slavery organizations and use abolitionist likenesses and slogans and writings, but they're not trying to end, nor do they recognize or legalize slavery through the exception clause of the 13th amendment. It's not on their list of shit to do. Uh, none of that is even registered to them, but at the same time, They're quoting people whose entire lives were dedicated to that cause and that cause alone. The freedom of their people here in the United States of America who were enslaved through the system, the legalized system of slavery. They didn't fight illegal slavery, they fought legalized slavery. So that pisses me off and I've called them out on a number of occasions like EndSlaveryNow.com. Check them out. You won't see prison slavery there either. So we got to continue to call these people out. I mean, it's not. That hey, what's the thing name out. of them it's other ones that stole me. our name? Max,
0: the group out of New York that stole our name. No, we didn't copyright New Abolitionists or New Abolitionists Radio. We didn't register it as a trademark, but we were the first to use it. Now you got this group out of New York, that look like a bunch of liberal women talking about some uh, New Abolitionists New York. And they not talking about slavery. Yeah. They're talking about yeah, the kind about that's it. already illegal, not the legal right. kind. Right. Uh,
2: right. Labor
0: labor camps in foreign countries or
2: something. Yeah, it's it just we we've got to wake people up. That's got to happen now. Uh, we have got to finish what we started and end this. Our ancestors had great programs. They they did so many things that you've heard over the years on this program, the different tactics that they've used. And we will continue to not only use their successful tactics, but add new ones to the list circa 2016.
7: Hey, Scott, welcome back. Yes, sir. Hey, man, this is Ramon again. I, I just want to follow up on what Scotty said about y'all having your name um, snatched from you. I I be seeing at least in my mind stuff like that be uh, a a deliberate attempt to try to uh, stir traffic away from y'all's type of causes.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll see the word abolition now is everywhere. People are talking about abolition in in regards to the. the electoral college. Now they're talking about abolishing it. <laughs> you know, you know, reform there. You don't want to say reform in the electoral college. You want to say abolish that. So they're using the word abolish and misdirecting it in other directions now.
7: Hey, hey, um, hey, Dan, look here, brother. Uh, tell me something, then Here's the question I have about what's the best. I-, I found my way, but what would y'all suggest as a way we could globally go out in the streets? you know, however many times we can commit to that and really talk to the young guys and try to make them try to, you, you basically try to get their attention on to what's going on with them and what's going, you know, how it directly correlates with, you know, these laws and these, you know, the issues that you guys are speaking on. What what would be the conversation from, you know, since you talk about how hard it is, because I experience the same thing from time to time, to get people to even accept the word. Like I said, listening to y'all, this is where I found out slavery was still in existence, even though I went through it myself, and it felt that way, but I didn't have that word in my head either.
0: As an abolitionist, to answer your question, what I try to do, but I don't get to go out. I'm not out there, I live in a rural area, which most people know. So I'm, and then I'm tied to the station. As of right now, we don't have a staff really that allow me to go out and speak like Max does, and things of that nature, which he's great at. But when I come across people online, or even family members or whatnot, I look for natural. I would say openings in conversation to introduce the abolitionist message. For example, a lot of people talking about Nat Turner. Yeah, but I saw Nat Turner last week and all that. Hey, yeah, man, I heard that was a good movie. What did you think about Nat Turner? Hey, by the way, did you know slavery was never abolished? See and then turn that conversation towards that. You know what I'm saying? Or or Django, when Django came out. Yeah, Django, man, you know, uh uh Jamie Foxx was really good in that. Yeah, he really was good in that. Man, what would you do if you if you live back then and they'll say whatever whatever and then well guess what? Those times still exist slavery would never abolished. So that's how I do it. I look for natural opens in the conversation.
7: I like that, Scotty. I mean, one thing I do, you can tell me this, man, how to, because I haven't got to that part of how to approach them with that language. Lately, what I'll do is just simply ask them, how are they doing today? Are you, do you feel okay? Do, you know, is everything all right around the neighborhood? You know, if you need to stop and, talk, if you need to talk to somebody one day, just stop by here. You know, don't, you ain't got to do nothing, but knock on the door if I'm not in the garage. So that is my approach. I, I, that's my approach. Um, I w- But I would love to gather them. But I don't want to get myself in a situation where these guys go home, tell their family, and somebody's mad at me for having these conversations with them. So that's kind of what you know I would
2: recommend. Try- have a, a viewing of 13th at your home or get a place where you can get your community together. I, I would
0: recommend Slavery by Another Name before I would recommend the 13th. Again, as you Maybe say, it, it is a good Because the they yeah. do tie
2: together perfectly. I would say by say another name is a precursor for 13th, so you can make it like a two-night event. Okay. Thank well, you, Max. I appreciate it. Here's one thing I'd like for everybody to add to the list, and that's August 19th in 2017. There's going to be a Millions for Prisoners Human Rights March. And uh, their purpose there, if uh, I'll read it here, it says local representation and local organizing committees, LOCS, are being established in cities all throughout the country. In addition to promoting the march, LOC will bring attention to local criminal justice reform issues and engage the community to get involved on a local level. And their goal is Millions for Prisoners, prisoners Human Rights March to be held in Washington, August 19th, 2017 to end legalized prison slavery and mass incarceration. So that's the first March that I know of where someone titled it in such a way, going to Washington D C and it reminds me very much a dream of a dream I had some years ago. The only one I ever thought was like a vision of the future. I'm not gonna go into that dream right
0: Uh oh, Max got dropped off the board. I'm sure he will call right back in. Um, let me see. We got a couple of more segments right around the Underground Railroad as well as um what else do we have? The oh, abolition. Can you system. hear me again? Yeah, we got you back, Max. But it look like we have a call. All uh, right, sorry about that. Uh go ahead and finish uh, your comment, Max, so we can bring this caller in.
2: Okay, uh, just saying that this is a, uh, an event that's happening on the 19th, 2017. It's a march on Washington to the White House to end legalized prison, slavery, and mass incarceration. We should have 10 million people show up on the White House law on that day to end slavery.
0: We got a caller from New Jersey. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment.
5: Uh, greetings to you, Brother Scotty. Uh, greetings mm-hmm. to you, Brother Johanan and Brother Max. This is Ross. Um, I think this is either my second time or my first time calling, but I just got to me. seriously, peace and love to you all. I just wanted to give you all a shout-out. Um, incredible discussion. Um, I just wanted to say, first, there's a lot that really just irked me when you played the clip of the um, black mm-hmm. female who was endorsing you know, black people Uh, facilitating creating jails so that we can make money off of enslaving other people, which would also include our own, because I doubt they're just going to house Mexicans. They're going to mix us all together like they usually do. And I just find that to be, like, nauseating. I was so enraged. It Mm -hmm. it was just disgusting to hear, because when she said um, that they shouldn't be in jail in the first place, there's, the vast majority of people in jail are innocent people, <laughs> like seriously, mm-hmm. like there's such a great majority of these people in jail who are jailed for, under false pretenses, trumped up charges, and and, and and then when you talk about prison like, you're not just talking about slavery, you're also talking about wholesale rape, you're talking about um, mm-hmm. gladiators gladiator schools, you're talking the resurrection of um, the Roman Coliseum you're talking about um uh, correction officers who who place bets on who's going to kill who, who's going to win the war between different gangs. I know specifically mm-hmm. of Rikers Island where you had correction officers where the Crips and Bloods would be fighting or Latino gangs and black gangs and they'll be handing out razors and all kinds of weapons and shanks to certain gang members that they were affiliated with so they could kill each other. So there's a lot that goes into that whole prison complex because that all started on on the slave ship. And there's a great documentary called um, Scarface for Life, and it was actually done by a black male former correction officer at Rikers Island for a number of years. And he basically is, in the beginning, they're discussing slashing. And from the slashings, he actually traces the point of no return on the slave ship to the point of no return when you enter into the jail system, and he just makes the brilliant correlation. He also goes to um, the slave castle at Elmina in Ghana to make a direct correlation between um, the prison industrial complex and slavery. So for her to even stand up there and just spit that rot gut out of her mouth was just nauseating. And like like Scotty, I had to check my anti blackness because I was about to really go postal with all the that words. And then <laughs> when you talked about when you talked about Trump. Um, I'm surprised no one's ever brought this up to Trump, but I'm thinking they're probably crapping in their pants because he'll probably snap on live camera if they did. But I I read that, um, and actually I actually read and I saw in the news, that Melania Trump 20 years ago came here as an illegal immigrant herself. She had 20 modeling jobs that she took and never paid taxes on. So she's a criminal so the people she, the person one of the people he should be fighting so hard to deport and build a wall against coming here is his own wife that he sleeps with every night because she says she and they said she lied to the immigration officers 20 years ago when she was attempting to get her citizenship so she is literally living the white supremacist lifestyle do all the criminal activity get the benefits of marrying the future terrorist president of the united states
7: and live good
5: and then hmm. also for for trump to make all of this this hoopla about these, these uh, so-called illegal immigrants, which makes no sense to me because the only borders here are borders created by white people. Mexicans own the vast majority of the Western United States before white people stole it from them. So they're actually going back home, what is their ancestral home, but we're just calling it illegal, um, em- calling them illegal immigrants. And the fact is that those illegal immigrants pay more taxes than Trump has ever paid. Remember he got away with not paying taxes for 18 years based on his horrible business tactics. So, those Mexicans who are not documented are people who are actually paying taxes. And I saw a documentary on 13 Channel or PBS a number of years ago where they discussed the fact and it was actually a white politician from New Mexico who discussed the fact that there are cities dotted throughout Texas, New Mexico, Nevada's, all these areas where Mexicans do all the work. These are legal immigrants. And he said, if you were to deport them, there are entire towns that would cease to exist simply because those Mexicans are doing the work that no one else will do. So it is just nauseating to hear this black woman speak about us getting in on the white supremacist um, bandwagon in regards to us facilitating the enslavement of other people with the history that we have with these psychotic. Subhuman terrorists that you call white people, and then lastly, I just have to say, um, brother Max, I got to tell this to you personally. Um, That track you did with Sister um, Nushiba,
2: love it to death.
5: Yes, (laughs) yes, that is a killer track. I appreciate it, and I wanted to let you know I keep all three of you in my prayers, but especially you. I know what you're dealing with, and I keep your daughter in my prayers as well. I wish you all the best. Okay, Um, peace and love, and I'm in my life. Right on, on.
2: brother. My daughter has uh, just went to chemo today and my wife's in Greenville with her right now as a matter of fact. yeah, It's, it's a struggle every day but with God's blessing and a lot of people's concern and assistance we're making it and, we, we, and we're going to make it. Hell, we're looking to buy property right now the way things are going. It's starting to look up for us. Try to get some land uh, so we bring people to it. That's what's but, uh, up, man. That's what's up. Appreciate you calling, oh, man. man. Thank you both brothers that called in tonight. Uh, we're coming in to the closing of our program, we've too much time left, and we still got two segments left to do. Uh, should we go ahead and get into our Rider of the 21st Century Underground Railroad? Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Yep. Every week we do these uh, different segments. The Rider of the 21st Century Underground Railroad is one where we celebrate people who gained their freedom after being unjustly and wrongfully incarcerated. Often their stories are very similar. This one is historic. In a gray suit, her short hair neatly curled, Vanessa Gathers sat in State Supreme Court in Brooklyn on Tuesday, beaming as the judge spoke words she had waited nearly two decades to hear. The manslaughter conviction for which she had spent 10 years in prison was vacated, the judge said, after an investigation revealed that her confession to the crime was false. In an instant, Miss Gathers was no longer a convicted criminal. The judge, Justice Matthews J.D. Emick, smiled back, good luck, he said. Ms. Gathers, 58, is the first woman to have been exonerated by the Conviction Review Unit, a special unit created by the Brooklyn District Attorney to look into scores of cases linked to Louis Scarsella. Louis Scarsella, a retired detective whose tactics led to the wrongful convictions of more than a dozen people. According to the District Attorney's Office, the unit is examining 100 cases, many of them involving. Detective Scarsella. Mark Hale, an assistant director of Turner attorney, told the judge that an investigation into Miss Gather's case had determined that she had been wrongfully convicted and that her confection confession had been coaxed, fed to her by mister Scarsella. We have grave doubts and in fact do not believe that it was true, mister Hale said. After the hearing, the Brooklyn District Attorney, Ken Thompson, who is recently deceased, by the way, spoke outside the courtroom. And these were his words, words. these wrongful convictions represent a systemic failure, a failure by prosecutors, defense attorneys, by judges, by the system. He said these wrongful convictions destroy lives, and no matter what happens, misgatherers will not get back those 10 years. Miss Gathers was convicted of mass death of Michael Shaw, 71, who was attacked and robbed inside his apartment in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, in 91. He died of complications from the assault six months later in 92. Miss Gathers was convicted in 98 and has been free since she was paroled on March 2nd oh seven, 07 after serving 10 years in prison. Miss Gathers was approached by Mr. Scott on the street a month after Mrs. Shaw's death because she fit the description of one of the assailants, according to a statement released by district attorney's office, she denied being connected to the attack and pointed to a woman who she believed had done it. But years later, as the investigation continued, she was again interrogated by Mr. In '97, she confessed. The only evidence present at the trial, but an examination by Mr. Thompson's office determined that Ms. Gathers had made a false confession based in part on the defendant's inability to articulate her role in the assault perceived inaccuracies in the statement itself and the lack of details in the statement. The district attorney's statement investigators determined that the complete lack of coherent narrative in the defendant's confession combined with apparent factual errors amount to a reasonable doubt in the validity of the confession itself. And we hear a new abolitionist radio salute you, Sister Gathers. Welcome to Freedom. Salute, salute. And RIP.
6: RIP uh, Ken Thompson also. And shame, yeah. uh, shame on all of you shallow Negro talking heads out there. I've heard in just the last couple of weeks, I've heard some of these uh, internet famous talking heads out here that that, uh, I don't know how they generate revenue off of having their followings but I've heard in a couple of cases people actually say the coon is dead and oh yeah just like that case with blah 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 Ken Mm -hmm. Thompson but he's dead now so you see you get what you you get what you deserve sometimes there is justice I've heard black people saying these kinds of words shame on you I'm going to account it for ignorance that you just don't know any better. But if you do know, and you really are that evil, shame on you. Shame on you.
2: Shame.
0: Yeah, Ken uh, Thompson yeah, wanna... was doing abolitionist work before uh, he passed on. So, yeah, but people were getting caught up in that one case where he had to cut a deal with the Asian cops. So, because he was getting a lot of heat from the Asian community, now people talk about right. how politics work and all this and that. Well, don't you see? I, I mean, I'm not justifying that deal uh, 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 over the killing of a Kai Gurley, or but this man, but this man was freeing a whole bunch of slaves. You know what I'm saying? So, man, again, as soon as you said Louis Garcella, who I wish was dead, <laughs> okay. Um, I thought Ken Thompson
2: Abolitionist mm-hmm. All right.
0: Abolitionist Conductor of the Underground Railroad
2: I just want to give a quick plug Tomorrow night You can find me at uh, an event In Columbia, South Carolina Where I'll be finally meeting up with Brian Stevenson, uh, our first meeting Hopefully he gives me a few minutes of his time He's having an event called Grace, Justice, and Mercy It's at 1703 Taylor Street In Columbia, South Carolina and uh, I believe it starts at 7 p.m. tomorrow Or actually 6 to 9 p.m. tomorrow There will also be poetry And from what I understand, Tribal Rain will also be performing poetry there tomorrow night But I'm hoping to get a chance to speak with him for a few minutes And maybe see what we can do about working together in this issue There's not many out there like him And he has achieved quite a few things We use a lot of his work and research right here at New Abolitionist Radio
0: well, uh, we do got another program coming up in the Lotus Place at 10 o'clock p.m. So I want to move right into our abolitionist in profile, which I have for you tonight. Right. And his name is William Steele. So let me go ahead and um, get this started. OK. OK. <sighs> William Steele was an African-American abolitionist in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania conductor on the Underground Railroad writer, historian and civil rights activist he was born October seventh, 1821 in Shimon Township, New Jersey fervent abolitionist William Steele was born free in 1821 and was known as the father of the Underground Railroad Steele ha- helped More than 800 people escaped slavery and continue on the road to freedom. He also served as chairman of the Vigilance Committee for the Pennsylvania Anti-Slavery Society. A meticulous record keeper still once discovered that he aided in the escape of an older brother who was left behind when their parents escaped slavery. Still worked with the Underground Railroad network across New Jersey, New York, New England, and Canada, and even crossed paths with Harriet Tubman. In 1872, Still published an account of his work on the Underground Railroad and the Underground Railroad records. A leader in the community, Still also helped to establish an African American orphanage and opened the first YMCA for blacks in Philadelphia. William Steele passed away in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania July the 14th, 1902 and new abolitionist radio salutes abolitionist William Steele Salute
2: brother William Steele Salute Well, you well, have program. There you go your honey, you were saying something?
6: Oh, I just said, there you have it. The, I mean, we see the abolitionists uh, in profile every week. It just shows us how, how it's been done before. So, there you have it.
2: Well, yep. so coming to the end of our program, we appreciate you uh, for listening with us tonight, and especially the brothers who called in. Please feel free to call in next week and share your thoughts with us and stories that are going on. We need to make this change together. It's not something we're doing here at New Abolitionist Radio is something all of us are doing together. Uh, You guys want to start off with our final comments for the evening? Yeah, I'll start us off. um,
0: Again, when it comes to slavery, when it comes to racism, when it comes to uh, justice, I don't see any color. Now, I do use color as a guide. But I also know as evidenced by the call I played for you today or the comments I played for you today that all skin folk ain't kin folk. That just because you have melanin does not mean you have morals. And so this is why I talk about proxy racism. And this is why I have have deduct or deduced that slavery, racism, white supremacy, whatever you call it, does not Continue to perpetuate itself across the centuries without the participation of non-white people, and we, this isn't nothing new. Those attitudes that we heard earlier on that call are not anything new. We heard them before. Even the person who became an abolitionist, uh, 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 Solomon Northrop, before he was an abolitionist, he wasn't. He didn't care. All he cared about was getting with white folks and making money. So those. So until he was a victim of slavery i don't want anything like that to happen to her to uh uh, the good doctor Uh, i hope it never happens to any of her children if she has any or any of her relatives and loved ones but i tell you i if if we meet on the battlefield and you a slaver i don't see color i see a slaver and you can get it like any white slaver that's the way i feel
6: indeed indeed the podcast you know, hear, of course all you know yes this will be something can you all hear me yes sir oh, some people yes, will sir. hear on into the future um but i just want to say you know this is a week since the uh since the election and uh been wanting to talk about this just a little bit i'll just say briefly here the the protests that we've seen Um, over this last week of all these people that, you know, have their individual needs and desires and issues that they all feel mean the world. They just felt like it was all crushed when Donald Trump got elected president. And you've seen people rioting and protesting and developing coalitions and think tanks and groups and putting money together and coming up with a whole new way to fight the tyranny and If you're paying attention to this And you care about Freedom You care about justice You care about the abolition of modern day slavery You should be pissed off About that. Don't give your white liberal friends your black liberal friends your latino liberal friends anybody that's claiming to be a liberal and they care about the earth and they're mad now because climate change is on the back burner anybody that's that's claimed that they love all these causes and now they're just so smack them upside their head with figuratively with the truth about modern day slavery and just ask them is this what it took for you to give a damn Because for the last eight years under our African president, we've had over a thousand murders of innocent, unarmed people of all colors, honestly, but at least a thousand of black people. Mentally retarded, homeless, women, children, little babies up to old people, and you did not lift a finger, nor did you give a damn. So now you're mad because climate change is on the back burner and you want to start a coalition, take up some money, you want to go out and protest and go riot and go. Just imagine what America could be like right now if you gave a shit eight years ago and fought with us for the last eight years to get people free, to end slavery. Trump would have never happened. Peace to the abolitionists, death to the oppressors.
2: Man, with this here, uh, recent news. A mistrial just let ex-Ohio cop walk away for killing Sam DuBose. Uh, shot him to the dead right there with Roof baby in the back of the car and uh, his girlfriend diamond right next to him. Murdered him, straight there in front of everybody. And also, Dylan Roof, uh, he may not even be mentally competent enough for a murder trial, they're saying, but let me remind you of something. Dylan Roof was only repeating, almost verbatim, exactly what Donald Trump said. During his campaigns In regards to immigrants When he murdered nine people Including assassinating a state senator Here in South Carolina And now they're saying that he's not mentally competent He knows exactly what he's doing He was following orders From white racist supremacists Like Donald Trump And for things like that You need to remember that abolition Is a reason for revolutions So we can finally know some peace Peace
1: Paz up, rise up, rise up. Just lift your eyes up, let your wives rise up. See the signs of the times if it's time. rise, Rise up, rise up. When death and hell dwell among all God's people. When those we chose and trusted have become completely corrupted and inherently evil. When the feast that feeds you starves our father's children. When snuff, porn, and pedo forms begin to get top billing. Rise up, when famine claims millions.